Hello and welcome to episode 52 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. We are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. I'm your host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host... Ken Rossi. Ken, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you, Byron? Doing all right. It's a... Uh, well, it's gonna be gonna be a rainy uh, Friday here. I heard thunder a few minutes ago, and I'm like, oh, it's not good. So hopefully my internet does not poop out on me. I, I got that yesterday. The storm's moving pretty fast. Yeah, storm's moving pretty fast. Our podcast's moving pretty fast. We're we're almost episode 100. We're getting there. Yeah, we're getting there, slowly but surely. And uh, this week, we are joined by a guest. This is our third one of the lifespan of the podcast. And I'm super excited. He is a good friend of mine, a fellow streamer, and his name is Zero. Zero, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. No doubt. No doubt, man. Now, Before we get started... Hold on. Oh, go ahead, Ken. Are you the same Zero from the Nonary games? I cannot confirm nor deny these <laughs> questions. <laughs> okay. Because if I have to solve some sort of puzzle or die, this is going to get into a really weird podcast. We'll save that for, for maybe the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> Keep coming back for more. Exactly. Yeah. I like yeah. it. So before we get going into our discussion for tonight, Zero, why don't you tell the viewers, listeners, whatever you want to call them, us, a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I am a part-time streamer. I just got affiliated a couple months ago. Um, I work full-time, so I usually stream at nights. I am a variety streamer, which means I generally have no idea what I'm going to play until I turn on my PC that night. Um, unless I'm doing a recurring series, just finished up God of War. Right now I'm doing um, the Batman, um, what was it, Telltale, that yeah. is what it's called. Yeah, man. Uh, having a great time with that. Man. So I'm, I'm a little all over the place. Uh, I don't really have consistent games, but it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. Yeah, it is a good time. As someone who's been to your channel, you know, me and you became friends over the course of a few months uh, here, and it's really fun being in being in your uh, streams and talking with you in chat because you're really engaging with your chat whenever someone's talking to you, which is nice. Yeah, I try. It's one of the things I kind of pride myself on is I try and try to engage as much as possible. I always keep have like one eye on the chat. So if I ever die, just blame chat. <laughs> yeah, that's usually how I work too. So I dig that. <laughs> And that happened the other day in one of your streams, matter of fact. We were talking and <laughs> I do you, remember you were playing that. Batman or something. Mm. That yeah, was that weird. was that was not ideal. <laughs> and it's it's so funny just uh watching you play a game that I had of course finished at that point in time, just recently anyway. I was like, Oh, he's trying to be like me. Okay, I see you. <laughs> yeah, and then you gave me a few uh you told me a few of the decisions that you made, and I was like, you know what? Let, let's swing it a little bit to the other side, and let's see. Let's kind of explore these paths that maybe you haven't covered in your playthrough. Yeah, exactly. And that's a good thing to do, too, because now I get to see the other side of the game that you're doing versus what I did. So that's what's up. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Definitely, definitely. So uh, let's get into our discussion for tonight, if you guys don't mind. For sure. 
let's start it. We're gonna yeah, we're gonna be talking about reviews in games. We're just gonna cover a few things, uh, and then we'll probably get out of here once that's all said and done. We'll see how long it takes us and uh, what other things come up in in discussion, of course. All right, so we're gonna start with a bit of a question, I guess. Uh, what is their what is their place in modern gaming? Because reviews have come so far in the gaming scope in general. Because you know before it was just you know magazines that would do them or whatever, but now it's got to the point where we have pretty much everybody doing them. We've got your big your big companies, your IGNs, your GameSpots, your Kotaku's, and then we've got people like me and Zero who are streamers and also YouTubers as well who do that do the whole review thing as well. So. What's their place in games now? They've become an integral part. Um, I feel like they're kind of at least official reviews as far as large companies go. They're maybe not as prevalent as they used to be. I feel like you used to get the you know game informers uh, in the mail when you like yeah. signed up for GameStop back in the day, and you know you'd flip through these pages and the internet wasn't wasn't too big back then. There maybe maybe GameSpot was up. Um, but you would kind of flip through these pages and you'd see what what big games had come out and what these companies rated the games. And you'd always, I would always flip right to those pages, kind of see what I was going to play next, because I didn't really have a good eye on kind of what was down the road. So I really relied on a lot of these reviews to kind of see what I was going to invest in. And that was when I was younger. I obviously didn't have you know a job back then, so buying yeah. a game was a bigger deal than it is now. I couldn't just roll the dice on any old game. Right, you had to make sure your your parents. We're getting you. We're getting you your money. Their money's worth on the game because if yeah. you played it and you were done in like two hours, and they're like, "Oh well, that was like thirty bucks." Yep, and we're gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. And I would agree. Um, I don't think they're. Unfortunately, I don't think they're as important as they used to be. I mean, back when I was a kid, you know, you had uh, EGM, EGM Two, Nintendo Power, uh, Game Informer, GameSpot. You know, you had at least. That's five magazines, maybe even six magazines that covered uh, video games, and that's not including like they had the official PlayStation, the official Xbox. Yeah. Um. You know, you had specific, more specific ones, and you don't. They're they're not there. Like the only magazine that I know that's still in print is Game Informer. Yeah. Like, you can still get those in the mail. I still get mine. <laughs> yeah, and and I think GameSpot moved. To digital, and maybe I'm confusing them with GamePro, because there's so many different. <laughs> yeah, I uh, recall GameSpot being online as far back as I can remember, but right. that's not to say they never had a, uh, a print. Yeah, and I think I'm confusing it with GamePro because they had like they would never give out their real names. Like everybody was a uh, uh, code name uh, in their system, right. so I guess people uh, couldn't get mad at them or. <laughs> For their reviews or their reviews. It's types. actually really smart. It's a smart idea. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I remember that. But there was so many that used to be in print. And now they're they're no longer in print. And you do have big sites like IGN and, of course, GameSpot. Um, and is, is there any other place that I'm forgetting that, that does reviews? Um, Metacritic? I, Metacritic. Well, yeah. They, they kind of do. They do they, reviews? They combine yeah, everyone's they reviews. Do a weird oh, they're okay. Yeah, so, they're, they're like an uh, amalgamation of different reviews, and they'll gotcha. uh, they'll tell the scores and give an overall Metacritic Metacritic score of. Okay, uh, if that makes sense. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and and it could be me too because I don't find myself ever looking at a game and going, I wonder how good that is, and and looking at what other people have reviewed for it. So that could be me. I could be like the the jaded old veteran here who doesn't <laughs> give a crap about what anyone else says anymore. But I don't I don't look for reviews, and you know the spots where you can go for reviews seems to be getting smaller and smaller. And it seems yeah. kind of becoming more uh, niche. And maybe that's because people no longer need to uh, read somebody's telling them. They can just go on to Twitch or Mixer or whatever you stream with. And they just see the gameplay. So they, they kind of already know, you know. They can even go onto YouTube, search for some gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, and now they no longer need to listen to someone else. They can physically see how the game is going to play and decide if they want to play it from there. Yeah, it's so funny you bring that up, though, because I'm also the same way. Now that I'm older anyway, uh, you know, I don't read reviews as much as I used to. I still do to get you know, to get someone else's opinion on the game or something, mm-hmm. but I'm not taking it to heart like I did when I was younger, uh, say, t- 10 years ago. Uh, so, yeah, when you're a kid, again, you, know, you have to, you know, spend spend your parents' money wisely and make sure that you're getting, you know, a game that's going to last you a while or you think you're going to like it a lot. So it's definitely uh, more of a, well, less video now than what it was back when we were younger. Um, now, in the past probably decade or so, we've had a large shift uh, in just the type of games as far as single versus multiplayer experiences. Yes. Yep. And it's really hard to put a review on a multiplayer experience. Um, I mean, they'll do it. But a lot of times it kind of takes a while to put together. So there's no like, okay, this, you know, the guy from IGN got the copy of, um, you know, Gears of War back in 2007. And this is his, this is the campaign review, right? Because it was all about the campaign back then. Even, right. even the Call of Duty series had some really good campaigns. I remember Black Ops 1 had a phenomenal campaign. It was really it ended, good. It yeah. ended up being about multiplayer in the end. Because that's what's long, that gives games longevity. Yep. But it was always about that single player experience and you were going to, you know, invest your 15, 20 hours, however long it, it took you to complete a game. But I feel like a lot of the when you would go to places for review, it would be more for for one of those single player games that you were going to play. Because I've played bad games just because my friends were playing them and it's online <laughs> and it's fun. Right. right? It's yeah. fun to screw around, even if the game's not too great. Just, you know, with your friends. Yeah. Exactly. Is there one that comes to mind? I'm just curious. A bad game? Yeah, um, a bad game that you play PUBG. just because you're friends. <laughs> it, so, it has yeah. gotten better. I can tell you the last update has made the game uh, playable. Yeah, I, I just have a lot of um, <laughs> repressed emotions as far as that game goes now. I, listen, I had, a lot of, I had a lot of fun playing the game, but back when I played it, like consistently, probably around this time last year, it was just so riddled and like i i don't like my pc is pretty solid and i could barely run the game like i had everything on low and i'm barely getting 60 frames and i was like this is not good um and then you know had lag outs and all the server issues so i mean and for all intents and purposes back when i played it consistently it was kind of a bad game mm-hmm. so i i would have to say that's the kind of the first agree. one that pops into my head yeah i'd have to agree uh because when it came to xbox because i don't have a pc to play it on mm-hmm. uh, when it came to xbox it was rough yeah uh which as expected it's rough and uh it's one of the things where like why am i playing this game it's it's so bad 
it's mm-hmm. not it's not optimized properly. I'm getting pop-ins from buildings and trees and everything else mm-hmm. popping in. I don't like it. But yeah. you know, once you get past all of that stuff, uh, you know, it becomes a quote unquote fun game to play with your friends for a little bit. Yeah, it's it's the experience, yeah. you know. It's it's the battle royale that like it wasn't. I mean, even, uh, on Xbox, it, it wasn't a thing. I believe, yeah. if, no, if I'm correct, that before, is the, Was it the first one? Fortnite. Or did Fortnite beat it to the Xbox? Mm-hmm. Fortnite, I believe... I actually don't want to say that because Fortnite may have beat it to the Xbox. I believe no. Fortnite... No, 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 no. No, PUBG was first, I believe. Okay. Fortnite well, came a little bit after. I, I, could, I, could I didn't want wrong, to misspeak. But I thought the Save the World was on Xbox first. Well, yes, But the Battle yes. Royale mode that took Fortnite into this super craze came mm-hmm. after PUBG. yes it did right you are correct that makes yeah. sense that makes sense but yeah i mean that was like the first experience like that so it, it makes sense that um a lot of the console players would kind of gravitate towards that even if it wasn't uh optimized properly and i think it was even capped at 30 fps when it first released on xbox mm-hmm. um i believe with the x you'll get it at at 60 i believe if you're lucky yeah. um but <laughs> But yeah, it's uh, it, w- it was the experience, you know, BR with your friends, and it's it's a new thing that um, people who didn't have a PC could play, and they just wanted to be a part of it, and I I respect that. Yeah, but, yeah, that was it was fun. Well, I still actually play it. Uh, I have a group of guys that um, the three of us will get on, and if no one else is on uh, to play games, we'll start up some PUBG. So, and I can tell you that the game was pretty bad. But they just released an update like a week, two weeks ago, and it's changed everything. And it, okay. it still runs great. Like it, it takes a while. Uh, one guy likes to say it makes it look like Play-Doh at the beginning. <laughs> like everything is still yeah. kind of that muddy. Yeah, uh, it needs to settle in, right? Yeah, but once it gets past that, uh, it still looks really good. But it still mm-hmm. loads up. I haven't had the game crash since they did this update. Okay, that's good so, news. That yeah, is good so news. it is yeah. it is playable now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't be as hesitant to jump back in, maybe. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say my piece on the on the PUBG battle royale discussion. Then we'll move on. Uh, no, we, I'm sorry, uh, we ran out of time. We have to. <laughs> 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 I did this to us. Yeah. I'm not. I personally am not the biggest fan of battle royale games in general, just because like there's so much going on and it's a it's a it's almost like a sensory overload for me, especially okay. especially for especially for uh, Fortnite with the big the big team fifty fifty v fifty whatever it is a hundred mm-hmm. people whatever it's just it's a lot going on for me. But I'll play it for maybe like two or three games tops, and then I'm done with it for a little bit. But it's it's still fun for me to play every once in a while. Uh, but you know I do think that uh, it has definitely had an effect on the overall um, review genre, review thing in general. So, let's move on to our next uh, point of discussion here. Speaking of effects, <laughs> uh, what effects do streamers and YouTubers uh, have on reviews? Because, you know, like we, were saying, like, like we were saying earlier, there are now other places besides magazines and websites to get your reviews from. Now you can go to a YouTube channel or go to a streamer and watch them play through a game, or they're, they're a dedicated YouTuber that just do strictly reviews right. for games. Like Carrick from ACG is a big one that I can name off right off the top of my head. 
I mean, we kind of touched on this on our streaming podcast. Yeah, we did a little bit. Um, but it it's definitely this is where the the market I think is going, and having a a Twitch or a streamer that says you know if he has a million followers and he's like yo this game is dope you have to pick this up you know that's a million more people that are more likely to now buy the game as opposed to a, a random reviewer that you may or may not know saying this is a really good game and so I think the uh, as far as Twitch goes and streaming the games and having the it's almost a clientele because I mean people are they're paying to hang out with you they're paying to have a good time to you know just kind of chat you up to be friends to to watch you play a game whether they can afford it or not and you're saying you know uh, I mean I guess to uh, backtrack here I don't know very many streamers that play bad games or games that they really don't like because that that puts out a mood of them not liking or hating this and then your viewers are going to view that so I think um, subconsciously people are seeing you play this game and they're thinking this is a great game I need to get this game and that's perfect advertising uh, better than a review in my mind yeah that's I think that's a really good point and to, to kind of build on that is <clears throat> if a streamer comes out and like fully embraces a game uh we're um we're, we're working on the assumption that it's not um like a sponsored playthrough right game. yeah okay. so if somebody is playing this game and the they're really enjoying it and they express that you know either directly or through just the enjoyment of the stream um you're more likely to pick that up because you to a point if you're watching this person regularly you you kind of trust them right yes you you, you respect their opinion and uh, more likely than not, you play similar games. So it's like, oh, you know, if, if this person really likes it, then it stands to reason that I would really like it. And I'm enjoying the stream. So, you know, why not pick that up? Maybe I can play with the streamer at some point, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, definitely. That's that's the big thing, too, though, is that, you know, if you, if you are watching your favorite streamer play X game and you see that, they're having a good time with it, as you two have both said. You're gonna pick it up in hopes that again you can possibly play with them because there's nothing. Uh, there's probably there's probably no bigger enjoyment that a person can get than playing with a streamer or someone that that's someone that they trust and look up to in that regard. You know? Yeah. Yep. I agree. I've I've played with um, a couple of streamers in my viewing lifetime, and it's been a great experience. They're usually nine times out of ten extremely nice and respectful and it's just a pleasure to play with those type of people yeah and i i have to agree with you there as well and sometimes they make games more bearable for me cue the mm -hmm. Fortnite thing again. <laughs> <laughs> like i i'm gonna shout out my my buddies the coffee grinders real quick uh they they're two brothers who stream and they play Fortnite from time to time on stream together or one of them will play whatever and i'll hop in and i'll play a few games with them and it just makes it a more enjoyable experience for me to be able to play with them because I'm like I like these guys you know I'm supporting them and plus I get to play with them as well on stream that's kind of cool yeah it's the, it's the company and the the camaraderie and you know it's it's the social experience of gaming which is developed over you know the evolution 
of gaming in general, and it's great. Yeah, Definitely. I know I would have never played State of Decay 2 if it wasn't <laughs> for playing with you, Baron. <laughs> like, that was that was the whole thing, was to download it and play uh, with you for a stream. And I True. wouldn't have done that if that wasn't the case, so... Well, thank you, friend. I, pre- I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. Thank you. That's how I feel about Dead by Daylight. I've yeah. played that with a couple of people, and it's not something I would... I haven't booted it up, like, solo ever. <laughs> Right, yeah. So I, I feel like that that's another one that's another one of those like uh Left for Dead style games almost. But not quite if that makes sense. Yeah, it's it's like the, you know, survival and you know, it's a little a little scary at times, you know? Yeah. Guys sneaking up behind you, hitting you with axe, putting you on meat hooks. Great time. Great time. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've seen gameplay of that and it looks like it's uh interesting. It looks I guess a better comparison would have been like Friday the thirteenth or something like that. Yeah, that I would say that that's a pretty dead on. Uh, Love or Dead, I I would put it more in the category of um, Killing Floor. Oh, okay. I haven't played that one yet either. Yeah, it's like a mob style uh, with tiered enemies coming at you. Got you. Yeah, you're on the you're on the right track. They're both kind of in the horror genre. Yeah. Just to kind of sum up, I would say that streamers have a very big sway onto you know reviews and people buying games because when you see somebody stream a game and they're getting you know 40 50 thousand people uh for example when when lyric picks up a game you know a new game and he's enjoying himself like god of war and he gets he draws like thirty thousand people per stream that's his volumes i wish <laughs> i actually you know what i don't even know what i would do if i had a little in chat i don't know what i would yeah. do <laughs> I'm sitting there reading it and not, not even play the game. Yeah. Exactly. Hi, guys. What's up? <laughs> right. How y'all doing? Exactly. Um, I think this uh, this, this next this next point I'm about to bring up is going to bring a bigger discussion to the table, I think. Uh, transparency versus completion. And tying it into reviews, uh, this would mean that, you know, do you have to beat a game, quote unquote, beat a game to review it? And if and if you do and if you don't beat the game, you know, uh, does that have an effect on your quote unquote review or whatever it is? Because I personally, I feel like in the transparency versus completion argument, um, I'm more on the side of transparency, meaning that you know if you say you only played ten hours of the game or whatever, this is my first impressions versus this is a review, because that's not what that is. <laughs> okay, I see where you're going. I think that as far as reviews go, when I'm when I'm looking at reviews, I'm assuming that they've played the whole game. And that probably comes from uh, movie reviews. Because when I look at a movie review, I'm assuming they've watched the whole movie. You know, right, right. I don't assume that they watched the first 30 minutes and said... It's probably good at the rest of the way. And, you know, who <laughs> wrote a review? Yeah, like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. So I kind of expect, I realize that um, that's, that may not be the best comparison because a movie, you know, average two hours long. A game on average is 20 hours long. And so it, it can be longer talking about single story because we could play multiplayers indefinitely. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and if you're and if you're talking about you know some of these big RPGs now that are you know a hundred plus hours, you yeah. know 
that's a lot of content. And Good luck with you, Warframe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. if you have to, you know, quote unquote, beat a game, does that mean experiencing all of the content in the game or just the main story of the game? Or, you know, what does that All mean? Destiny. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's and a good so point. I would like to see, I mean, if the review, if they didn't do everything in the game, like if they just completed the main story, I would prefer that that was you know, underneath the review, maybe a star or something that said, this is how far they've, they got, you know, like if they only got to chapter five in a game, then put that down, they completed up till chapter five. So at least we, we have an idea the where, where their enjoyment of the game was. Right. Yeah. Right. I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. And also a lot of times what I've seen in reviews is that they'll put kind of in, in hours played. And that's not always an accurate representation of how much of the game that they played. Yeah, because yeah. if they suck and keep dying, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so if they're <laughs> exactly, we've all, if... we've all seen these big companies go on stage E three and try and play games. And what <laughs> yeah. y'all doing? Do you not play games for a living? What, 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 what do you mean? Exactly. You I've only played the alpha build. Sorry. <laughs> um, it was on easy mode. Uh, now, how do we how does that fall in terms of maybe games like Bloodborne or the Souls series where it yeah. beating the game is not easy? Yeah, those are not easy games to play at all. And you got you got to be a pretty skilled gamer and because you're a good reviewer, right, does not mean you're a good gamer. Correct. Like you can go and find these things and be able to articulate yourself very well and, you know, that that doesn't, you know, you don't have to be a good gamer to to have a good review. Is I guess what I'm what I'm driving at. Yeah, that, I don't know how that you guys makes feel about sense. That. No, I, I think that makes sense. Uh, I agree with you though, because personally, I'm not a big uh, Souls or Bloodborne kind of person. But me and you talk, and I I met Spicer through you. That raid a few days ago. Shout out to him. Um, yeah. And I told him like I love Bloodborne. I'm not good at the game, but I love the game in of itself. And I would tell Smiley to pick it up just because I think it's a really good game. I'm not far into the game. Yeah, but I've played it enough to know that I really like it, and I think that if you want a good challenge, you should pick it up and try it. So. Yeah, full disclosure, I I loved um, Dark Souls three. I thought it was a fantastic game. Um, the movement Not was very crisp. Fun either. The, the dodging <laughs> was great. It, it felt good. I died a lot. I learned a lot playing, and I got a little help from ghosts that you can summon. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but full disclosure, I never beat it. I, I never beat the game. I put it down. I, I couldn't beat you know the second second to last or the final boss. I can't I can't remember exactly what I was up to, but like for me that wouldn't impact my score if I was reviewing in a negative light. Yeah. Um. If anything, I would say this is great because we're kind of throwing it back to the old school game, the old school days where you didn't really beat a lot of games because games were tough and they didn't yes. have a difficulty setting. Yeah. It was, you picked up the game and either you beat it or you didn't, or you yep. invited your friend over who was good at the game. Right. Well, even on exactly. that point, some games punished you when you tried to go into an easy mode. Mm -hmm. There are a few games that they actually did the opposite. If you tried to go in easy, they made the game harder. That's interesting. Do you, uh, are there any off the top of your head you can think of? No. Because I watched it in a video on games okay. that actually uh, made it harder when you tried to make it easier. I gotta check that out. That sounds really yeah, interesting. That does sound really I want to know more about that. Yeah, yeah, me too. So, so knowing that neither of you have beaten Dark Souls Three and Bloodborne, mm -hmm. um, what would you give that rating? We'll start with you, 
Byron with Bloodborne, since you love it so much, like one out of ten, what would you give it? One out of ten, I would give it an eight. An eight? And do yeah. you feel like that's because you didn't get far enough into that? Uh, probably yes, because I'm pretty sure one, as you go further into the game, uh, things become more grandiose. The enemies get more get tougher and things of that nature, and the reward is going to be greater for you for beating these tougher bosses and tougher enemies. So that satisfaction you would get uh, and the love for the game, in my opinion, would continue to grow the more I play it. Okay. And so, uh, same question, Zero, but we'll we'll switch mm-hmm. over to Dark Souls 3, because you didn't say if you played Bloodborne or not. <laughs> I did, but I, I, got a, I got not even as far as Byron did in Dark Souls. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, yeah. I did not play that much of Bloodborne. I was not very good at it. I like Bloodborne I put it down Dark very Souls. quickly. <laughs> right. Yeah, I put Bloodborne down pretty quick. Um, Dark Souls 3, I would probably give a 9 out of 10. And the reason I don't give it a 10 is because they let a bad player like me get as far as I did. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I think the help systems in the game are a little too overpowered. And I may or may not have exploded them to get as far as I did. Because if I just soloed it, I probably would have quit a lot earlier. Um, but I immensely enjoyed the game. And the aesthetics are beautiful. And every time you die, which is the one thing that's really good about the Souls you know, all the Souls games, is that when you die, it's because you screwed up. It's yeah. not because the game did yeah, something exactly. that it wasn't supposed to do. And exactly. we don't have enough of that. Yep, I have to 100%, 100% agree. I think it's the same in Bloodborne 2, and in my opinion, anyway, I don't know about, no, for you, Zero, but in my opinion, it's the same the same way. If you die in Souls or Bloodborne, it's because you messed up and you did something wrong versus the game screwing you over. Yeah. Or something like that, because... Especially using like the lock-on system for fighting a boss, and if you're in a really enclosed area, like in Bloodborne, the Father uh, Gascon fight, you're in a graveyard trying to fight him. Basically, oh, I remember that fight. Yeah, and you, you, it's it's a cramped area. Plus, there's tombstones all around, so you have to watch where you're dodging and mm-hmm. things like that. So if you back up into a tombstone and you can't back dodge and get out of the way, you're that's probably gonna you. die. <laughs> that's on you, right? Yeah, right, and that's on you exactly. To contrast, just dodge rolling in god of war was the worst thing ever and i will blame that game for every time that i died because it wasn't responsive and every time i dodged i was like why couldn't this be like the souls games where i just fluidly got out of the way and it did exactly what i wanted to do when i pressed the button yeah but that makes sense that being said god of war great game uh anything from you ken on the discussion for dark souls and bloodborne (laughs) Not, I guess kind of zooming back out, right? Yeah. Because we kind of, we got yeah, yeah, total we got vision little, Yeah. <laughs> but in the transparency versus completion discussion, if I mean, we can we can talk about both sides if yeah. you want. I mean, I, I think uh, wrapping this section up, I think that we would feel better if we knew when they stopped playing and how much enjoyment they had up until that point. Because I've had games where I've played them, and the the example that comes to mind is that I was playing uh, Pokemon White, mm. and I was back then I was huge Pokemon, you know, 120 hours into to Blue, 120 hours into Silver, you know, 140 hours into Ruby, you know, I I put multiple multiple hours uh, into all the Pokemon games, and up until that right. point. 
um, with black, that's kind of where I stopped. And at first, it was like another Pokemon game. Okay, this is fun. And then I just I got drained, and I didn't like it anymore. And so, uh, kind of having that, you know, uh, in the reviews. And I would prefer kind of like a a separate from the reviews because if I got to read a 400, 500 word, sometimes they make people write 2,000 word essays, you know, on on the game (laughs) to find out that they didn't like it because of this, but still gave it an eight, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I, I would prefer bullet points, something out that says, and I feel like you guys agree with me that you'd prefer to know um, when they stopped and when they decided, I think this is good enough. I can write a review about this and and give a good, honest opinion. Yeah. yeah. When when you're putting your name to anything, especially in a business sense, it is always a good idea to be as transparent as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I like agree. you know, because everyone signing their name to that review, and that's that's your that's their job. Like you don't like I think transparency is is can only be good. Yeah, exactly. In the long term, at least in the long term. Yeah, yeah. Because and, and I think in some cases though, you know, like you were saying with with Pokemon, for example, I don't think you really need to see the whole game to do a review on Pokemon. That's my personal opinion. Uh, I mean, I mean, if you're doing it for the story or something, then probably yeah. But for the basics <laughs> of Pokemon. You don't really need to, you know, see all the game, which just uh, 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 well, I can't think of the right word to use. But I had you talking about getting burnt out on Pokemon. Uh, I had taken a break from Pokemon, a long break, because the last one I had played prior to X was Ruby Red, and that was on the freaking uh, Game Boy DS. Mm-hmm. Game Boy DS. What? SP. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> a Game Boy SP, which I still have, by the way. But yeah, like I had taken a long break away, and when I fired up X, I was like, "Yo, this is crazy. We got like full-fledged people now. They're like a whole person, and we got a whole a whole interactive town you can walk around in. There's a day-night cycle. I was yeah blown away. So yeah, the only one that I will say that you need to play play through absolute completion to get the truth feeling of that game is um. Was it Fire Red and Leaf Green? No, I'm sorry. Heart Gold, Soul Silver. That one. Those two? Because I don't know how far you guys got in that game. But spoiler alert for a game that's over 10 years old. Um, at the end of the game, you get to battle Red. And there is nothing better than that fight. Oh, I heard about that too. You're, you're on the top of Mountaintop and you face him. And then when you beat him, which I don't agree, you should even be able to beat him. But when you beat him, he just disappears and he's just nowhere to be found. And that that moment when I played through, because I just kind of happened upon it. That was like right. one of my favorite memories of the Pokemon just series in general. Right. So, but well, I, that's just kind of my own little personal bias. I I played that back when it was on the Game Boy Color. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I know that. But as as the Pokemon games have gone uh, further along, though, you kind of need to have the review afterwards. And you can kind of look look at it this way. Every Pokemon game that I've ever seen, they release a strategy guide for it. And mm. then, like, five months later, they release a strategy guide for the stuff to do after you beat the game. 
Yeah, because there's so much stuff to do, depending on the game, once you actually beat the main game. They put a lot into those games, definitely. Yeah, Yeah, so it kind of feels like, you know, if you don't continue to play and review afterwards, you know, it, it feels kind of a letdown, honestly. But again, I realize because I've put, you know, three weeks worth of time or a week worth of time, you know, just playing those games that... I understand it takes a long time, and so you may only be able to do the review for the main story. But I would just like to know, you know, I got to the main story, I beat the Elite Four, and that's where I stopped, because I had to move on to another game. Building on that, you played Destiny, great, did you ever beat Atheon? And if you didn't, (laughs) what did you do with the next, you know, three expansions? Did you touch them? Because that's where that game even begins, right? Pretty much, That that game doesn't begin until Vault of Glass. Right. Yeah. So, like, where, especially in those, in that kind of niche genre... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. The thing about that is that I don't have Here's the part where Ken's going to tell me... Why I don't have enough time. No time to explain? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the part where Ken's going to tell me he never got the raid in D1. It's all my fault, and I suck. (laughs) I will boot up my PlayStation right now. (laughs) I will load Destiny 1 back on. Like I wish I still had my copy. I don't have it currently. I still I own the game. I don't have it currently because my my friend has it. But whatever, not a big deal. But um, yeah, I would just go back and play Destiny One like if I could, just to have some 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 sort of nostalgia for like a little bit. Yeah, if if I never got to play Vault of Glass, my love for that game it wouldn't exist uh, anywhere near the extent that it does for the franchise. Yeah, I have to agree with you there as well. Uh, like you said, the game didn't start until Vault of Glass, pretty much, and from then it was, you know, the Forever Forever Twenty Nine memes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I feel that feel definitely. That I don't it. think I started playing Destiny until the first. No, it was the the Crota DLC. I didn't oh, play below. Destiny yeah. until the Crota DLC was out. Can Can I plug me being a hipster for a second? Yeah, go I played the that. Alpha. <laughs> nice. I tried to play the alpha. I got the worm error code. I got the warhog oh. error code. <laughs> yeah, I think I was in the alpha as well, or beta. One of one of the two. I, I didn't play as much as the beta because I was the same as the alpha, just slightly slightly improved. And um, just just really quick, I remember loading into that game, and I don't remember if you remember their marketing campaign on Twitter. Where you were, they basically put you on um, in old Russia, and you had to go find question mark enemies. Mm-hmm. And um, and screenshot them and uh, tweet them out on Twitter so people could kind of see some of the stuff that it was like a community discovery project kind of thing. Yeah, it was before we saw anything about the enemies in that game, and it was right. one of the coolest experiences that I've ever been a part of. Was you know finding like an ogre chilling like <laughs> underneath a bridge for no apparent reason, yeah. like, guarding like a chest that literally had nothing in it. But it was just one of the coolest moments is just that that whole experience. Yeah. That has nothing to do with this, so sorry. <laughs> Ken, did you have anything else to add to any other discussions? Because those were all mine. Um, my whole thing is um, when you're getting paid to write a review, is journalistic integrity more important um, than feeling obligated that this company gave you a free copy and that they could decide to no longer send you a free copy you know do you feel obligated to give them 
a better score than you normally would because of that. And then also with Rockstar, because they, they went under fire under the news, which it's been difficult to find now, because they gave money to reviewers to get 9s and 10s for their uh, review. And I thought it was Grand Theft Auto 4. I believe it was Grand Theft Auto 4 that they paid reviewers, like big-time reviewers from Game Informer, IGN, GameSpot, to give them 9s and 10s for Grand Theft Auto 4. And so that was kind of my uh, question. Is, is is the integrity important when you're getting paid for a review? Whether it's from the company that made the game or a company that's paying you to review this game for them. This uh, we we kind of I kind of referenced it earlier um, right. as far as transparency goes. I think it's more important now when you are receiving some sort of compensation because like I said it's your name on the line you're signing basically this agreement that this is these are my ideas and they're not you know faltered in any way cuz at a point it becomes false advertising if yeah. that's kind of not if you're not representing how you truly feel about about the topic and not only that but you're going to lose like your long-term losses can't compete with the money that you're getting from any um like that would have to be a really big check is the point <laughs> like yeah. a really really big check because if you go and support a game that you know just just crashes and burns um this might not be fair and i know they just came out with an update but if somebody sent somebody no man's sky and they gave it a 10 out of 10 perfect score. This game is the greatest game I've ever played I'd in my life. I'd be a little skeptical. I'd be really, really skeptical, it, actually. Right? How, how are you going to trust this person to yeah, review like, down the do line? Mean? Especially if they work for you know a big company like IGN. They can't have that. Yeah. Because people will stop going to that site immediately. And the second oh. you see an IGN review, you're going to toss it to the side and be like, okay, I can't believe that now. Right, exactly. Right. Because when you put that review, you are straight up lying to people. And the like... The the journalist's integrity, it's it's everything. It's all you have, right? All you have are people's belief in you that you are telling the truth and you are accurately representing what you're talking about. Right. So Yeah, let's, agree. Let's, sorry, I'm gonna take the flip here though. So if somebody writes God of War ten out of ten, that's more believable? Like, then, obviously, no, uh, Man's, no Man's Sky kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, because see, with No Man's Sky, that was kind of a, it was from a, a no-name company, you know, brand new studio. Mm-hmm. It wasn't based on something from before. If somebody says this game is really good, you're you're going to be skeptical because you're like, well, I don't know. I've, I've never played the game before. I've never done this. But if they say like Grand Theft Auto 6 coming out, 10 out of 10. Right, right. Like... Are you going to even it's, question that? Or is it like, well, Grand Theft Auto is a great series. This has to be a great game. And you, that's, you bring up a good point. And that's where that integrity is. Because most people that I'm aware of, you know, if it gets less than a seven, it's a bad game. I've, I've never, whenever I've reviewed games personally or through R&R, whatever, I've always made sure that if it was a bad game, it would get under five. Five always meant mediocrity to me. Like, it was an okay game. And above mm-hmm. that, it was a good game. It was worth playing. I've always tried to right. do that. But for these companies, a seven, or a six, I should say, 
means death for them. When they when they was paying for these reviews, uh, six meant this game was bad and no one would buy it. And right. so and so that's where that falls. That's that's where my question is, is okay. if you know if I'm reviewing a game, I'm like, well, honestly, I would only ever give this a seven, but they gave me a copy and they want me to uh, give them a favorable review, so I'll I'll give it a nine. You know, give it two more points. What what's mm-hmm. it matter? I'm I'm making them happy. Customers are still gonna like it. Right, you're so, minimizing the flaws possibly. Yeah. Like so, in, in your written review or you know video whatever format whatever medium. Yeah. And and so that's that's where that that's where this question comes from is I see. is you know is that right? Is that wrong? I mean, yeah, I would I would like to say that your the journalist integrity is still you know, one of the most important thing. Well, it's it's the most important thing when you're when you're a journalist and you're you're doing these and you're representing something to to the population, to the to the consumers. And like I said, you're signing your name to this. It does seem kind of, you know, not like a big deal because, like you said, it's maybe one two points. You're just embellishing a little bit. You're kind of sweeping a few of the the not so great things under the rug. But, I mean, you're always kind of taking a chance with that, right? Because those one or two things that you sweep under the rug could be one of the biggest things that break the game. What if someone, here's a good one, um, they go and review Battlefront 2, right? Yeah. And this is obviously before all the backlash. Maybe they got an early access copy or, you know, it was kind of early on. And you kind of discover that, you know, this is kind of, it's it seems to be pretty pay to win. You're paying in... You can buy these loot boxes that give you, you know, good stuff to be better than other people in the game. And other people who don't want to spend the money have to, you know, grind exorbitant amount of hours to to catch up. If someone were to minimize that aspect of it, that's kind of, you know, you're you're just straight up misleading and lying to people. And it might still be a good game, right? Its core gameplay is still fun. The campaign is still fun. You know, shooting and flying around with jetpacks and becoming a Jedi, it's all really cool and really engaging. And everyone's having a great time, but there are some glaring issues that you might not have known were going to get blown up, right? And yep. then next thing you know, you give this a 10 out of 10, and you're getting just hung out to dry. Right. Because you didn't think something was a big deal, and you weren't, uh, or you think it might be a big deal, but you're like, eh, it might not be noticed, or you kind of try and sweep it under the rug. Yeah. And I've actually seen that happen. I was, uh, I believe I was in a Game Informer. And I was reading up on a game that I was kind of interested in, and I was reading what he wrote, and in his actual review, he mentioned numerous times there were things that he didn't like, and he really didn't like this, and he really didn't like that, this was okay, this was great. And at the end of his review, when he gave it a score, it was a nine. <laughs> and I was like... Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> yeah. That's very weird. Yeah, like... How do you do that? Yeah, how do you, how do you say you really don't like this, and there's these issues, you wish they would fix this? but still give it a, a really good review. My thoughts on journalistic integrity, really, it's it's the biggest thing you have. Uh, coming from a broadcasting background, you know, but like I said, it's the biggest thing you have. If, if, something, if something goes wrong or if, you know, if you as a, as a journalist just either either try to blow things off or put things under the rug or whatever it may be. Uh, that's a problem. It's a conflict of interest. It's a bunch of other things. Uh, so, yeah. You you have to 
be as unbiased as possible when it comes to these things. Just because you you may you may love you know Mass Effect and you may think that it's the best series in the world, but you know if you try to tell somebody that uh, you know. It, if, if, if it has problems in the game and you don't tell them about it in your review, that's a problem because somebody's going to find out and they're going to, if it's a big enough deal, they'll make enough noise about it to where it'll be known and then you'll be hung out to dry, as you both said. Right. So let's, let's throw a monkey wrench into this here, though. Let's mm-hmm. say <clears throat> EA wants you to review Mass Effect Andromeda. Okay. Not the greatest game, obviously, right? Correct. And if you've played it, you know, it was not very good. It was like a I full... couldn't get through it. Yeah, it Most... wasn't well received at launch. There were a lot of bugs. Facial animations were not great. Those I think kind of deserve what they got. Maybe not all the heat, but a little bit of the heat that they got. Anyway, right. continue your thought. I'm sorry. So let's say <laughs> EA says we want a favorable review with this, and so now you got this conundrum, and let's say you go with. A, a realistic review and you give it a four or five and they go okay we're not going to partner with you anymore so you can buy the new madden you can buy the new nba live you can buy the new bioware you can buy anthem we're not going to provide those copies like is it worth to to get those free copies to embellish that's the, gonna... the question like i already have my own opinions on it but yeah. I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate, and I'm asking. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna quote uh, TBH here, the black, the black, the black Okage. Anyone's familiar with him? Just cause it's free, don't mean shit to me. You can bleep that out later. <laughs> but um, but yeah, like that's kind of how I feel. If you're gonna give me a free copy or whatever, maybe it doesn't really matter because I'm gonna tell you my opinion whether I like it or not. Uh, there may be something, there may be something to like about Andromeda. For, for for sake of argument here, uh, but I'm not gonna give it a ten because it's not a ten. It's not Bioware's best Mass Effect game. Ugh, of course not. It's it, it it's not at all uh, for multiple reasons, and I'm really I'm, it still pays me to this day to, have to say those words because I'm a huge Mass Effect fan, and nope. yeah, me as, me as well. Um, now I'm I'm gonna start this with it's really easy for me to say that. You know, free games don't mean anything and that your integrity is more important because, you know, I'm not the one with the job. I'm not the one who needs to <laughs> yeah, right. support myself or, yeah. or anyone else in that situation. So it's it's a little bit easier for me to say that from completely removed. Um, but also it's not just the free game, right? It's, you know, maybe getting a copy two weeks in advance yeah. and your word is the first one out there. You're, yeah. You yeah. are the clickbait on YouTube. Right. First review of Mass Effect Andromeda. That build up, the hype for that game, everyone is clicking on that video who has even yep. heard of Mass Effect. That's true. They want to know what it's like. So it's not just the free copy, it's the perks that go with that. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. going to play Madden at EA before the game is released months in advance. Yeah. You get these previews into what the game is going to be like. And you kind of get to you get the shape what the community thinks of it to start. Yep. Before they get to touch it. Yep. Before exactly. they even see gameplay, it's your words. But arguably, once again, that is where it matters. That's where you need to have that journalistic integrity because you have the platform. 
Yeah. And it's up to you to use that responsibly. It's up to you to use that responsibly, right? And yeah, you might lose a few along the way, but maybe you'll get picked up by IGN and they respect your honest opinion. I don't know. Just say, just using IGN as an example because I know they review like every game under the sun. Yeah. But maybe you get picked <laughs> and there you go. Maybe you get picked up by them and then you don't need to worry about that as much because the company has the hookup, not you. Right. So just going to throw that in there. So I, I think that in the long run it'll pay off for you to be honest. But, you know, maybe you turn a, a six into a seven one or two times. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's it's stuck into people's heads, right? That that six is failure because if you're you know if you're in grade school and you get a six on a quiz out of ten, sixty percent that's failing. You know, seventy yeah. was passing. And we all have that ingrained in our heads that oh my god, it's a five out of ten. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Anything under our quote unquote set passing score from our standardized tests is like <laughs> yeah, yeah the end of times, right? Right. And it, it's really hard to break from that. Um, Definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, and you definitely bring up uh, a good point, and it's, you know, if you're not making money for it, you're not being paid to make money for it, it's it's impossible to say, well, I, I would never do this, you know, because honestly, if, if a game company came to me, like, here's a free advanced copy of the game, here's $100, give us a great review, I, I'm going to find it hard to say no, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I realize that's probably pretty cheap, but, <laughs> you know, I'm being paid. I, I, I'd I'm being like a paid, couple more zeros. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm being paid to play this game, you know? Yeah. It's not like I'm going out and buying it and paying money mm-hmm. to play it. I'm being paid to play it. Mm-hmm. So I would find it really difficult to not try and fluff it up and, and make it uh, better, personally. But I also agree that the, the journalistic integrity is really important because without without that then everything is permitted and you I know, see what you did there <laughs> I know <laughs> <laughs> and it's it, it kind of makes it like well now you can't believe anything or or you know you can't trust anybody and which honestly yep. that's where I'm at in my, my jaded video game career is that now I can't trust anybody and I have to play it myself if I really want to know if it's good or not. Yeah, that's that's fair. And if I may kind of build on this topic slash take a slight detour. Yes, go for it. Um, where, where do sponsored streams come in in this picture? Ah, uh, yeah, that's very true. It's very true. We've Cause... seen recently a lot of sponsored streams. Um, yeah. Did, remind me, did Radical Heights sponsor streams, or were they just a popular game that everyone wanted to jump into? I, I can't recall if they actually remember. sponsored anyone. I can't remember. I think it was just a popular game everyone jumped into, but I know uh, yeah. there's a few streamers that I follow that, you know, one, she gets like paid to play Dauntless or is sponsored by Dauntless or one of the other. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the two, but she plays it a lot. Uh, I've It looks like a fun game to me, mm-hmm. I've never, but I've never played myself, so I have no idea. But yeah. that's a whole other topic of discussion, though. Sponsored streams is, uh, yeah, those are a whole other thing. If anything, they're harder because they're live reviews. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah, I would have to agree 100%. Yeah, I'd have to and agree. And I, I believe Warframe has done um, sponsored. Um, they also had, you know, a partnership with Twitch where, like, like, the Twitch drops and stuff. You go into it, you know, and you get, like, a 
some aesthetics or something yeah, like in game. So, right. I mean, there's there's been several YouTube videos I've watched because uh, I'm not huge into watching streams, mm-hmm. but there've been a couple YouTube videos that I've watched that they've they've put up that they were sponsored by this company to review this or to to talk about this or play this or do a, a game theory about this mm-hmm. um, particular product. And so when I see that and they're talking about them reviewing the game, I instantly think I, I can't trust what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> like maybe I mean, that's just me. Um, no, no. I immediately go in skeptical the second yeah. you see ad, you yeah. know, because I believe it's actually um, by I think they're required by it's, law. It's, it's a requirement by law to say, yes, I was paid for this. Yeah. Or whatever. They have to do it. Mm hmm. Yes, but in my experience, a lot of um, I, don't know, I can't actually can't say it because I haven't watched enough of them. But I feel like that people were kind of honest to a point. I don't know yeah. if they were still sugarcoating it. I can't speak to that because a lot of the games that they reviewed, I'd never played. Right. Yeah, and I'm the same way as you, Zero. I don't really know because the games that they have been played, been paid to play, uh, I have not played myself. I I have had a few things come my way as far as that stuff goes Mm -hmm. but because my current position uh with technology and such i was not able to give it a go uh to do what i wanted to do with it Mm -hmm. so maybe one day i'll have the opportunity to do that sort of thing and then i can sort of tell you how it goes or maybe you will do it before me and (laughs) you can tell me how it goes (laughs) either way yeah right either way exactly be sure to give our thoughts one way or the other but yeah, we definitely did hit on a lot of topics tonight. A lot of good discussion, gentlemen. Yeah, definitely. It was fantastic. Um, I think we're done, though. Is that it? Yeah, I think we're done. And we're out of here. Thank you all so much for tuning in to episode 52 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. Once again, we are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Before we get out of here, though, Zero, you can kick us off with a round of plugs. Go. All right, uh, you guys could find me at uh, zero underscore twenty four on Twitch and Twitter as well. Um, give me a follow. Love for you to stop by in the stream. So come by, hang out. Great podcast, great group, guys. Appreciate that's, that. That's all Appreciate I got, that, my dude. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Ken. Yeah. So you can follow us on Twitter. We're at R and R Gaming Pod. That's R A N D R Gaming P O D. We always post as soon as the new episode goes live. You can find me personally on Twitter at MacroboV. That's M A C R O B O V. And of course, Byron is also on Twitter at B underscore Ron one four one seven. Where else can they find us, Byron? They can find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, and the CastBox app. Type in R&R Gaming Podcast, and you'll find us on there. On iTunes, be sure to give us five stars and a review. Helps us to climb the charts to continue our plot for world podcast video game domination. And you can also find me on Twitch at uh, twitch.tv slash B underscore wrong one for one seven. But that's going to do it, you guys, for this week. We're going to have a show next week. Haven't quite gotten that far yet in terms of what it's going to be on. We'll get there, though. It's always a surprise, as you know. Oh, I thought but, we were going to talk but, about but, Madden but 19. I was getting there. I was getting there. Ooh, was early getting access there. next finish. week. Yeah, yeah. yeah early access next week, next week for that. So 
we'll be talking about that next week. We may have a guest on for that as well. Hint, we'll have hint, to see. I got uh, to play the beta. Oh, look at you! You'll have you'll have uh, more things than I have than I will have to talk about. I'm excited yep. to hear your thoughts on the beta, but we may have a guest for that next week as well. So be sure to tune in for that one. But until next time, zero. Tell them one more time why they should come back next week. They should come back because everyone could use a little more R&R. R. It pretty much is. Do you, you want to tell them what our April Fool's podcast was? Oh, man. April Fool's podcast was the Destiny and Overwatch podcast. Nice. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying the, the shorthand version of it. I refuse to this day to say it. We, we short-named it to Dog P because it was the <laughs> Destiny and Overwatch gaming podcast. That's funny. And it was a little it's a little inside joke because between me and him, uh, if I don't talk about either Destiny or Overwatch on the podcast at least once, then it's not a podcast. <laughs>